Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, and thanks for joining me. I'm really looking forward to this special discussion today with three highly successful recruitment business leaders. I'm thrilled to be joined by Tom Dove, Chief Commercial Officer and co-founder of Fraser Dove International, Jeremy Small, CEO of Jamison Legal, and Barney Weston, Managing Director of Oceanic Resources International. Guys, thank you very much for joining me today. Really good to have you along. Thanks very much, Ben. Yeah. We'll work through your business one by one just to get us started. So maybe I'll start with you, Barney, if that's okay. Do you want to tell us, firstly, where are you based? And then tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah, so we're based in a small town called Ware in Hertfordshire. Um, Our recruitment activities are across the length and breadth of the country, but also internationally as well. Um, We specialise in recruiting very specifically for the freight forwarding sector, uh, which is part of the wider supply chain logistics um, industry. Um, Company was founded in 1991. Um, I joined the business in 2004, uh, initially as a a, trainee trainee recruiter, uh, performed a buyout in 2017 and now running running the business moving forward. Um, We specialise in, uh, I suppose, kind of, you know, mid to senior level appointments, but you know, our our niche is our specialism. You know, we, we're moving people within our industry, company to company. Wow. So your industry is moving product and freight and you specialize in moving people within that. We do, yes. Is that meta? I'm not sure what that is, yeah. but yes. <laughs> very good. Very good. Interesting you mentioned the buyout aspect as well. I just on an earlier podcast interviewed someone who did a management buyout of a tourism company right before coronavirus hit. So <laughs> they did a massive pivot. You should check it out, <laughs> teambuilding.com. Thank you very much. Um, Jeremy, I might turn to you then. Uh, whereabouts are you based? And can you tell us a bit about your business? Yeah, sure. Um, at the moment, I'm in lockdown based in the middle of nowhere, but <laughs> normally I'm in London. Um, Jameson Legal is a specialist legal recruiter. Uh, so we um, work globally, um, but just in the legal sector. We have offices the main London and offices in Abu Dhabi and Hong Kong. Um, we have about 25 people in the business and have been going for about 10 years now. Uh, we split our business between private practice, lawyers and law firms, um, in-house compliance and contracting, which is a growth area for us. And we've recently sort of made some small steps into legal technology, uh, which is another growth area um, in the business that we're in. Um, yes, as uh, as Barney said, you know, we, we focus on being very specialist in what we do. It is still a crowded market in legal recruitment, but um, I guess our key selling proposition is we're very international and 50% of our revenues are international. Wow. Okay, very good. What is the legal technology side? Um, we've recently um, started recruiting into uh, that area of business, which uh, is bringing up new roles in the legal sector. Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of change in the market um, as, you know, law is a very traditional area and lawyers like often uh, certain ways of doing things, but the market itself is moving with new products that help people to manage their practices. Um, AI is also affecting the business. So particularly with the COVID situation, what we've seen is lawyers obviously working from home, working remotely and 
trying to get their tech up to speed that allow, uh, allows them to collaborate with their colleagues, management to see what they're up to and to, to manage their workloads. So uh, many of the big firms already have a lot of investment in tech, but there's a lot of other entities, small and mid-sized firms that are just getting to grips with it. So mm-hmm. um, I sort of wear a different hat alongside my recruitment um, hat. I um, am an advisory board member to a legal tech company called App for Legal. Um, which is sort of a fast-growing um, practice management software company. So we're, as well as the recruitment side, which is certainly the day job, um, we are also working with clients to introduce them to tech and also getting new roles in that area as well. Sure, sure. I'll have to check with my lawyers about that product placement, but uh, that sounds like, <laughs> that sounds like a great I'll business. check with mine at the same time. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you very much. All right, um, Tom, do you want to tell us where are you based and can you tell us a bit about your business? Yeah, so we're based out in Farnham in Surrey, which is, um, you know, part of the UK, not exactly known as the epicentre of executive search within life sciences. Um, But it's kind of where we live, it's where we're based. And so we are a specialist search firm that focuses purely in the life science industry. We work across um, kind of pharma, biotech, medical device, consumer health type organisations, so pretty innovative stuff. we kind of double down on our niche as well. So we are kind of industry specialists, but then we have six defined practice areas across the value chain of our clients. So R&D, manufacturing, product supply, quality, engineering, and then commercial and general management. Um, so we are purely international. So even though we're based in Farnham, 100% of the business that we do is outside of the UK. Really? Primary markets are US, accounts for about 40%. Um, mainland Europe, 40%, and then 20% in emerging markets. And we're focusing on kind of senior hires. So um, senior technical specialists, senior directors, VPs, C-level. So that's us in a nutshell. Brilliant. And did you have a part to play in the uh, upcoming vaccine? Well, it's quite interesting. We're, We're kind of working with six or seven parts of that chain, So from those that are coming up with the idea through to those that are actually now manufacturing it. Um, So, yeah, it's quite interesting. We're we're seeing kind of supply chain and life sciences at the forefront of everybody's mind. Mm. And it's quite kind of nice to be part of that um, part of that world. Brilliant. Brilliant. We we, we, we tie in all three parts quite well, don't we? Your clients have developed it. My clients will be moving it, and uh, Jerry's clients will be, um, you know, suing it when it all goes wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, they'll be gearing up to Hopefully litigate not. it right now. Yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs> well, this has gone downhill rapidly, but no, but <laughs> thank you. All right, um, Barney, I might swing back to you then. Can you share your thoughts on what makes a good versus great recruitment business? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I, I, look, for, for me, recruitment is about people first and foremost and i think that a good recruitment business should have strong ethics at at the heart of what it does starting with the very basics you know you look you know common sense common decency i think you know you can get a very long way with those two um those two areas alone um if you build that into working within a niche and you really know your niche then then you can actually go about adding adding proper value to your, your your clients i think um Recruitment as a sector, look, we, we all know we all know the rep that recruitment has, right? You know, it's what was it, you know, traffic wardens, estate agents, recruitment consultants, something like that. <laughs> um, you know, 
there are plenty of people out there that give our industry a bad name. It's down to us and the people that do it in the right way to to to, to change that that perception. Um, a big thing, which I mean, I've been focusing on, is, is trying to add. So I'm going to pick my camera off somehow. There we go. <laughs> Full transparency, go. please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a big thing that I've been, um, you know, kind of you know focusing on is is, is you know the, the value beyond the placement. So looking at different ways that you can um, be helping your clients, getting you know, getting tired and getting buy-in from the clients and helping them in areas which aren't just about putting a bum on a seat um, and you know, exploring different areas from, from there. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Tom, what do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm exactly along the same lines. It's kind of getting away from that transactional recruitment piece and actually you know we are gathering information data all the time through all the conversations that are happening throughout our business you know for us to just have that sitting with us seems like a complete waste so you know we're very open and honest with our clients in sharing information so if they want any analysis or if they want to know what's going on in a specific skill set or location or part of the industry you know, why should we just hold on to that? So it's about us being able to give more of a wraparound service rather than just, as as, as Barney said, you know, a bum on a seat. Yeah, no, absolutely. And Jeremy, your thoughts and on this and on what makes a good versus great recruitment business? Yeah, I mean, I have to totally agree um, with everyone else on the call that, um, it, you know, if you start with the culture of your business and, you, and that has to come from the top level, um, that you have good ethics, that you you know you show your team the right culture that you want everyone to adhere to, then I think that that is a good starting point. Um, whether or not it's a good um, or a great business, um, I think it depends on who who's looking at it because you've got your own team members, uh, you've got the owners of the business, you've got your clients, uh, your candidates everyone's uh, everyone's going to look at that business and work out whether they think it's a great business or a good business. Uh, the ideal business obviously is one that is how you have a great culture amongst your team, give people opportunities to grow and develop. Um, you have great clients, you make good money and you have a good reputation. So all of those things, and you just have to keep striving, I think every day to try and improve any of those um, areas. And, you know, we've made big mistakes when we were first starting in, in many areas, but, as time goes by and as long as you stick to your principles, I think, you know, you can improve all those areas and, and yeah. keep aiming for that. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. And Barney, you'd probably attest to that. I mean, you, you mentioned you started in the business uh, from the beginning, let's say, yeah. and, you know, worked your way up to a, to a buyout situation. So that probably has a correlation there. What, what's your advice when it comes to growing a successful recruitment business? Um, like I said, I, I think, you grow your customer base by by having uh, a reputation for adding value. So, particularly anyone who's recruiting in a in a marketplace which is you know, you know, you're crowded and where there are other people competing, uh, it's about differentiating what you do and adding value in a different way. And we all know that the way that the world of recruitment has changed <clears throat> with you know, LinkedIn and and the way, way that information is is so readily available now. You know, um, when I first started, you know, look, you know. We didn't have job boards. We didn't have um, your LinkedIn. It was all research to, to identify, to map out companies, to find out who was who. You know, going through, you know, making making a, a you know, headhunt call, a, you know, really making the approach. And it's with it all being there now. There are, you know, every, every man and his dog calls themselves a recruiter because they've got ten thousand LinkedIn connections. <laughs> um, 
So you need to find a way of differentiating yourself from your competition. And you can't use the same old selling points that you had previously insofar as pushing upon network, pushing on you know, just the, the niche alone. You have to find that additional value from somewhere else, which is going to really help the, the, the customers to partner in. If you get your clients to partner with you in, uh, in a close way uh, and, and you know, to work with you, you work in a true partnership, that in itself is the basis for business to grow because you're going to be more successful in filling the roles and in building your business. And, and of course, that then gives you the foundation to, to spread your wings and to open into new areas and to take everything else forward. Yeah, yeah. And you talk about setting yourself apart, uh, trying to provide a different option, let's say. All three of you have actually got very niched businesses and clear focus. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Tom, what are your thoughts on growing a successful recruitment business? Yeah, I think for us, it's it's focusing on the the culture of the business. Um, you know, we we have been developing that over the years. Should we say it's very different from day one to what it is now, which is great. You know, we've got a real continuous improvement mindset within the business. I mean, funnily enough, we do a good to great session. Oh. The last question you asked, we do that on a on a biweekly basis. So it's like a town hall style meeting where everybody discusses what we can improve. When we first did it, we had like 68 improvements to make. So not saying that we run a bad business, I hope, but it's like, you know, these are the things yeah. that, you know, collaboratively we, we can improve on. So, you know, having that culture in the business of continuous improvement, having ambitious, motivated people. And then from a leadership standpoint, it's like, demanding high standards, but having empathy. You know, we've all been in the situation that a lot of the the guys have been in before. So, you know, that's for me, when it comes to creating a good business, it's getting that culture right, um, which takes time. But then once you do get it right, it's really harnessing it, creating your values uh, within that group, and then, you know, just improving, improving every day. Yeah. You getting that culture right is so important, but how do you get people to stick around? Because that's something that kills culture. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, we're quite lucky. We we don't have an attrition rate of um, people that we feel can add absolute value to the business long term. We don't tend to lose those people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also being based where we are, there's not thousands of other recruitment companies around us, which is helpful. Okay. But, you know, what we want to do is give motivated and ambitious people the platform to perform. And then we all, you know, have fun. We talk about, you know, TV programs or, you know, we go for a run at lunchtime together. There's there's more of a, like, culture that people want to work together. And I think being in the the kind of situation we've been in this year with lockdowns and whatnot, you know, actually coming back to the office, this is one of our top performers, the actual office, because it's galvanized our team. Um, It's created an opportunity for innovation, again, which we were lacking on screen. Um, And yeah, I just I just feel that we've got a good group of people with no with no no kind of bad eggs, if that makes sense. We, We hire smart, you know, intelligent people. We go through a big process to get them on board. And then once they're in, they seem to perform. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I love the uh, the good to great sessions. That's a very clever idea. Yeah, and it's it's worked really well for us because we then have it's like kind of whiteboard style. Everybody's throwing ideas around, and what the owners might think is an issue is very different to somebody yeah. that is deep in the research. And actually, you know, what came out of it was that we don't utilize our systems properly, or we could automate things that like interview scheduling. All of these things are coming from people with 
experience of like three weeks. You know, somebody came up with the, the automating our e interview scheduling. Um, and then, you know, there's kind of dinosaurs like my business partner, Joe, and I, you know, long <laughs> in the tooth. And do we know that those things exist? The yeah. answer was no. And now it's improved our business. So, it's, yeah, it's been great. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember running a, a session with um, staff and getting some feedback and yeah, the leadership was trying to drive through culture, vision and values and so on. But the number one thing that was driving everyone was crazy was the computer system that they were using. It took 20 seconds for every screen to change. You know, that would drive you crazy. You're trying to do a good job and uplift the values, but slowly going nuts. So that's, it's interesting. Um, Jeremy, what do you think uh, in terms of what some good approaches for growing a successful recruitment business? Yeah, I mean, I have to echo what Tom said there about trying to get the culture right in your business. And if you do that, then a lot of success comes from that, uh, in both in terms of uh, the culture and the way you deal with your clients and your candidates, um, the culture within the team. Um, and if you give people the tools to do the job and the support um, and you give them opportunities, then often, you know, those people will be loyal to you and, and help you build your business and you'll be building it together. So we've actually got a good track record of um, bringing people into the business, trying to plot out a path that they want to go down and, and then seeing that through. So we've had people who started with us in London and then moved out and opened new offices internationally or built a team. Um, and I think if you offer people those sorts of opportunities, you become an attractive recruitment business to work at. And ultimately we are also in the, you know, the, 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 uh, the talent business where we need to get the best recruiters um, to, to join us in order for us to compete with people in our um, sector areas. Um, so I think, yeah, ca character is very important. Uh, uh, I spoke to a, a very good recruiter recently. He told me that, you know, don't hire for skills, hire for character, because normally you, you hire for skills and fire for character. <laughs> if you hire for character, you can get that person to be what you want them to be. Obviously, you want them to have some experience. Um, but I think I've learned that lesson over the years that it's not all about experience. It's about getting the right people in and finding a unit that work well together. And, uh, you know, that's, that's working better for me, still a long way to go. And it's good yeah. to pick up some ideas from yeah. both the other guys on here as to how we can improve that. Absolutely. A uh, very good point. And for all of you on the uh, the business growth side, for people watching, listening to this, uh, who are thinking, how can they grow and um, expand their client base, whatever, any, any thoughts on how to navigate their, navigate their way through these sort of post-pandemic times in terms of growing their client base or just winning more roles? Any suggestions? Yeah, I, th I think for us, we... We focused on kind of little question marks that became big question marks at the beginning of kind of lockdown. So it was, or, or the first one, was the kind of focus on the business operations. Again, we are naturally quite good at that as an organization, but we really focused down on it, looked at some areas of spend, looked at some areas of improvement. Um, and then when we came back to the office with a galvanized workforce, we were able to make some changes happen probably quicker than we thought. Um, so, you know, now we're at a point where our platform or our base is as good as it can be so that everybody can then improve. And we've really got that message out to our guys is like, you know, we've we've all done this work together all for the better good of you guys being able to perform better and ultimately our customers working 
better with us, both candidates and clients. And then in our industry, you know, life sciences, the patient gets the end result of, you know, the part of the process that we're in. So, yeah, we just kind of doubled down and focused on the operations to, to let everyone improve. Very good. Barney, I see you nodding there. Your, yeah. your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I think when you're looking at, you know, developing, you know, developing the business and, you know, new areas to grow the business through the kind of COVID period that you've been, again, your niche and your sector is going to have a big impact and a, a effect on, on how you do that. So, but for us, we had, uh, you know, we, we, we were, we were very quiet through the very beginning of the lockdown period. Uh, which is probably the same for most people as everybody was was adjusting. But realistically, from kind of the end of the end of April onwards, it was pretty much back to business as usual for our customers. You know, you, you know freight was moving. People that had been put on furlough in our industry were, were were brought back quite quickly, and a lot of companies saw it as an opportunity to to grow because their volumes were there, their revenues were still there. So. Um, for us, we haven't had to hugely adapt our approach to market, other than just being there and kind of you know, you know being being known as people that can help. And like I say, doing our best to try and add add value further from there. Yeah. But that challenge will be very different in different sectors, I would imagine. Yeah. What about you, uh, Jeremy? Yeah, I mean, our business was affected uh, badly in sort of March, April time. Our pipelines went down about seventy percent. Um, and obviously that's, that's, uh, mm -hmm. a difficult situation to be in, but we were fortunate that we had a strong business and we'd had some good quarters before that. So financially we were in a position where we could at least pause for breath and not make any drastic decisions. Um, we did furlough a few of the team, but only about 15% in total. And they were mainly people that were new to the business and hadn't really had a chance to get things set up. Um, and, um, I think because I'm long in the tooth and I've been through a few recessions and what have you, I, I felt that, um, it would bounce back in some way, shape or form and perhaps being lucky being in the legal sector, lawyers tend to find ways to make money in different markets. So I was really mm. confident they would do so again. So we just tried to sort of pause for breath, take decisions slowly and carefully. And I think we benefited and I'm sure you guys have also benefited from um, some of the rash actions of your competitors who might have let people go straight away or shut their businesses down. Or, I mean, I've seen some, some bizarre um, decisions that I feel that some of our larger competitors have made that were, were too soon and, and too damaging to their businesses. And then now uh, that's given us an opportunity to actually hire some good people from those competitors. And being, I think being slightly um, smaller, gives you the ability to be more flexible, more yeah. agile. And then we were really listening to our customers. So, you know, mm. we were working as hard as we could in that kind of lockdown period, still to speak to people, have kind of Zoom or Teams chats, you know, and all of a sudden we've got people that you hadn't met before that might be C-level in a pharmaceutical company in your kitchen with your kids running <laughs> around, your dog barking, all of this kind of stuff. So, you know, more flexible, more agile, more human, yeah. And we came out the other side with probably better relationships than we went into it with, um, yeah. which has been quite interesting. I, I'd agree with that point. I mean, I think particularly um, for our customers who were continuing to work throughout the you know the lockdown period, whilst a lot of people were, of course, at home, they appreciated and there was that camaraderie from the fact that we were working as well. Uh, and yeah. yeah, we were in it together. So, yeah, I, I would agree with that point. 
Yeah. And I think also what you said before, Barney, about giving something out to people to differentiate yourself in your business. I think that's so important. And during this time, uh, it's that's really been a differentiator. If you spared the time with a candidate who might not have been placeable, but you've given them the time, talk them through. I mean, that's, that is valued. And this has been a good time to do a lot of things that in other times you might have been a bit too busy to do. Yeah. Yeah. So what goes around comes around. It all adds up. Okay. So here's a, a tough one. What does the future hold for the recruitment and talent acquisition space? Barney, do you want to start us off there? Yeah. I think the value that recruiters add will always be needed. And I think that the, the market needs to change. I think that it need it needs to smarten up in a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, and particularly the the areas of the industry which give us all a bad give us all a bad name. I, I don't see that having a, a long term future. But for the people that can add add value, that can um, you know, your kind of truly partner that can solve problems that can help help their clients in ways other than just putting people in into uh, into a business. I think there's a very good future that lies ahead. Um, you know, I would still maintain that recruiters who are focused on recruiting within a niche as a day job will recruit better than, uh, you know, a, a direct employer would recruit for themselves, you know, probably eight, eight or nine times out of 10. Um, it's with only with a few exceptions because they've obviously got, you know, other stuff to do in their day job. This is our day job. You know, we live and breathe it every second of the day. Um, I think that um, the way that the industry is changing in automation uh, in particular, it, it plays a big part, but again, it's got to be done in the right way. So when you're looking at ways to kind of kind of scale and grow businesses, you know, look, some of the automation tools which are available if used properly are really, really helpful for maximizing the time of, you know, yourself, your consultants to, you know, you know be spending time in front of the customers, in front of the the, you know, the candidates and doing doing what they, they should be doing to, to close deals. Um, but I think, you know, as automation grows, the, the the skill and the art is still very much of the consultant. It is how you close and capitalize upon that opportunity. And the person aspect really needs to be there. Uh, and yeah, again, as we were just saying through the lockdown period with um, suddenly having availability to see level people and like you said you know in, in their home they're in your home almost yeah those different levels of relationships um you know i think that 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 moving forward that kind of level of connection yeah yeah should should really help help everybody to develop yeah. stronger relationships and move on forward tom we were talking about your kitchen so do you want to go next <laughs> yeah so i think on the on the kind of future piece um you know i think barney was was quite right there the automation stuff is is great and and you know um very innovative it will help certain parts of the 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 recruiting system um but i actually feel that there needs to be an increase in the human element of the process because you know if we look at candidates as part of the customer experience you know the biggest frustration is things like feedback now more than ever it is sending your cv into a portal that there is zero um, return in in any kind of um, email or anything that comes back to them so the frustration will start to emanate more if everything is automated. So for us, we're concentrating on things like, you know, increasing human engagement, closer collaboration with customers, and then almost community management. I think that needs to be done both within recruitment companies or search companies, getting closer to your customers and your candidates and being in contact with them more often, sharing insights about what's going on in the market or 
you know, creating less of a transactional, you're right for this role, that's the only reason I'm talking to you type conversation. And then, you know, from a TA perspective, you know, I think that they need to think about that more too, because, you know, the community stuff, just because a candidate isn't right for that one position doesn't mean they're not right for the organization in general. And if you've got a company that's, you know, recruiting 15,000 roles in a year, you need to make sure that you keep your employer brand and candidate experience at a high level. Otherwise, you know, um, bad word spreads pretty quickly. So I think that's what we're focusing on is human element, communities, and making sure that feedback and communication is consistent. Yeah, I, I, would, I would really agree with every point, point that Tom's made there. And, you know, again, a big thing which we, you know, we're advocating to all of our, our clients is just that it's the candidate experience. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, particularly if you're working within a niche, and my niche is still candidate short, you know, the, the, the barrier that you can have by having a bad name as an employer can, can make a small talent pool even smaller before you've Absolutely. even started. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Jeremy, what do you think? Yeah, again, I'd agree uh, with both the other guys. I mean, the death of recruitment and the recruitment sector has been heralded for many years, but I think it's as big or if not bigger now than it's ever been. Um, I think technology will have a part to play. It might commoditize certain lower end roles to some extent. Um, But uh, I mean, if you, I think it's key to know what you want your business to be and being a specialist is, is the way forward in my view. Um, Being international is also the way forward in my view. Um, And I think that, as I think Barney said, you know, relationships remain very important. And if it's just transactional and if it's just a question of opportunity, send CV, wait for placement to happen, then we, you know, we shouldn't be in this industry anyway. We should be adding a huge amount more value to both the client and the candidate and the process itself that certainly at the moment technology cannot give. And I don't think technology will ever be able to Mm. provide, um, to the extent that people want it. So I'm, I'm pretty bullish about the recruitment market yeah. uh, and global events will come and go, but you know, the, the, the talent war, if you want to call it that, you know, will continue. And uh, those people that are set up in terms of being specialists, having good technology to back up their consultants and, and their clients are probably going to be the ones who succeed in, in that market. Yeah. A couple of points spring to mind. One is the was it Amazon, I think, had the algorithm that was screening CVs and it got to the point that it was self-learning to the extent that it started filtering out females because it worked out that people were at certain colleges and they were at all women colleges, et cetera. So you know, a long way to go. But the other point that sprang to mind is when we get into busy times, buoyant times, employers everywhere always ask, oh, how can I attract and keep staff better? And how on earth do I do that? You don't start once the gate is open, the horse is left. You need to start now and retain that culture and work on all elements of the attraction retention cycle. So the things you guys have been talking about absolutely should be heard everywhere for every business. Final question then, you guys have talked about technology a little bit and you've got businesses that have been diverse and you've got lots of staff and lots of busyness going on. Have you any thoughts on how you can either upskill staff or use process and technology to help business owners and leaders step back from the time intensive activities so you can be more strategic, you know, that whole working on the business as opposed to in the business. Jeremy, any thoughts there? Yeah, I think uh, as as a business, you're constantly trying to adapt and make sure that your team can focus on the recruitment side rather than on the administration side. And also that, uh, you know, you're competitive in terms of the technology that you've got 
uh, where the trends are going. Um, I mean, in terms of new things that we're recently trialing, we're, we're trialing a product called Odro, uh, giving us the ability to do video Videos, interviewing. Yeah. And I mean, some of the consultants, you know, are more keen than others. Uh, some, are, some are shy of doing that, but uh, I'm, a, I'm a little bit on the fence with it. I do think it has a role to play. Um, I do feel as though it won't be a game changer for the entire market, though. Um, I don't feel because um, certainly my industry is quite a conservative industry and um, I don't feel that it will change as quickly as perhaps some other industries. I don't know what the other guys think. But, mm. yeah, that's one one tool that we're looking at. And, you know, we're constantly kind of tinkering with the processes and looking at technology, trying to have a, you know, a really good database using LinkedIn Recruit, all these sorts of things for everyone to allow them to be on top of mm. their job. Barney, thoughts on how you might use technology process to help you as an owner and leader step back a bit from the business? Yeah, well, I mean, I think... I think- processes in recruitment are, are, are essential and um, I mean again when you look at what makes a recruiter a good recruiter you know beyond the you know, yeah yeah the, the normal things you need somebody who can can follow the process who understands what part each each role plays because it is a process that you manage through and the, you know the key is to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it um, I think that te- technology and automation in particular helps you to spend more time um, doing the parts of the process that you want to be doing, engaging with people. So, you know, we use, we use automation tools um, through an initial reach out to, to, to be able to focus our phone efforts or our in-person efforts on, on, on you know, places where we're more likely to get the lead back from, you know, when we're more likely to get the interest back, there's already been a, a, an inkling shown. Um, and that really helps I me mean, for, for my company. We're, we're a very small business and we, you know, we five people, you know, you know, recruiting, and um, we're all working on a 360, you know, you know, kind of recruiter, recruiter model. Therefore, you have to really maximize your time to be able to deliver, you know, you know what, what you want to be able to deliver for, for, for your clients, but equally deliver the financial results for your business. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're using uh, Odro as well. Um, we've been with Odro for uh, nearly two years now. So we actually started the process quite a way before this current period where everyone's everything's gone video mad mm. um and similarly to uh you know you know, you know jeremy you know we struggled with the uptake originally it's quite a different way of working um but we get some really good feedback and again it's part of what helps to set you apart as a recruiter and i think importantly in a um in my sector at least where again um the value that a recruiter adds isn't isn't apparent in every employer's mind it's something you have to work very hard to kind of yeah, 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 put forward to them being able to demonstrate and show us interviewing the candidates and the detail that we're going into actually really solidifies the relationship and the value that we're adding back mm-hmm. to them as well through the recruitment process yeah. and to echo jeremy's point previously it depends on the industry as well so he comes from a maybe a more conservative yeah. industry and for you freight forwarding logistics the employers they're, they're used to talking to people all over the world all the time so video yeah. would fit in quite nicely You'd be amazed that, you know, I mean, it's the same as anything different that you're bringing forward, right? We, we, we get an awful lot of um, uh, resistance to it from, not, not just from, from, from candidates not necessarily wanting to be recorded, but equally from clients who say, no, 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 I don't want to see a recorded video. I want to read a CV and then I want to call them in. And we're like, well, okay, if we can help you to save time through the process, you've got to then you know, correlate that back into yeah. time, time versus money. But the other aspect is how often do hiring managers rule out 
excellent candidates because the CV's not brilliant, right? Mm. You know, how many people slip through the gap? Well, how many, how many times do they interview a candidate that they think is going to be perfect on paper, but when they sit in front of them, actually, you know, the terminology that they use is meant in a different way and, and, and they're not exactly what they thought. Um, there's a lot of benefit to, to the process and to speeding up and it really helps the candidate experience as well. Yeah. Brilliant. Tom, uh, what are your thoughts on, on how you can use to process technology to help you sort of step back and work on the business as opposed to in the business? Yeah, one of our processes periodically throughout our growth has been to completely unpack the business. So it's like getting post-it notes and writing down every single aspect of the business, right? And then putting them all over either a wall or, you know, a table, putting them into different groups. So what can we automate? What do we not really need to do anymore? Bang. So that's gone. So that frees up X amount of time. And then, you know, from a 360 model perspective, you know, my thoughts on that are a little bit different. I think we're at a point now where there's kind of 25 of us in the business and it's about people doing the roles that they're good at. So then we started to unpack people's roles, repack them in different ways. And we have now got to a point where we feel um, if we can execute three elements of the business fantastically, then that will be our differentiator. So it's getting research absolutely tight. Research is not just about candidates, it's also about clients and future trends in the in the organization. Then it's process management and really getting that right with all hiring stakeholders, TA, hiring managers, HR, candidates, and internally. And then it's the client services part at the top around how we can do things differently, how we can lean into our clients, get a bit closer. So, you know, when we think of what we were doing day one, business one, when it was me and Joe, you know, I was literally working with clients. He was helping to execute the searches to now where we're almost trying to fundamentally change the whole way the business works. It's been quite exciting. So that kind of unpacking and repacking process has been quite liberating for us and then we use new technologies or we we change the business at that point and then we, we've done it now so in two years time it will probably be time to refocus and say do you know what we can now improve other elements and we can do closer key account strategies or you know work out who we should be targeting and prospecting from a from a client perspective a little bit closer so so that's worked for us nice it sounds it's like really an exciting process. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite liberating because you're like, why why does that person do mm. that element of the job when they're actually excellent at this? Mm. So, you know, I look at it as though it's kind of using a football analogy. Not every player does the same job on that pitch. The whole team aspect, the goalkeeper is obviously different to the center forward, but everybody should have their role defined and should know what to do for the greater good of the business. So that's worked quite well for us. Brilliant. So I just had images of you being the, the Russell Crowe character in a beautiful mind, you know, the, the writing on the board <laughs> and visioning the future. Oh God. Yeah. Like minority report, like, <laughs> <laughs> but it does take me back. One of my first graduate roles, I was in a huge corporate office for a big company and we were doing this monthly report thing and the data didn't come through once or something, but basically there was no report. 
and we didn't mention it. Never heard anything from anyone about it. So I love the fact that you just took that post-it note approach. Every little thing that we do, what goes where, do we need it? How can we change it? That's a, that's a wonderful process for, for people to follow. Guys, before I let you go, I'd like to ask each of you, if someone is listening to this right now and they think, oh, I might have a, an employer who could potentially use your services, can you just give me a 30 seconds? Who are your ideal clients in case they could refer business to you? Jeremy, can I start with you? Yeah, sure. I mean, we operate, as I say, with uh, clients in who are law firms and clients who are companies, financial institutions, offering wealth funds. So there's the two different sides to our business. Any business that might be looking for a permanent uh, lawyer or an interim lawyer to come on board, uh, we'd love to talk with you and, and see if we can assist. Okay. Uh, we operate on a global basis and, you know, we, we have great strength in terms of the Middle East, um, Asia, offshore, et cetera. So yeah, please reach awesome. out. Thank you. All right. Uh, Barney, can I throw it to you? Yeah, so our, our, our main specialism and the main area that we work with is with the freight forwarders. Um, we do cover the wider, you know, supply chain and, um, you know, international shipping industries, but predominantly, you know, where our main our main uh, expertise is, is with the freight forwarders. Freight forwarders, um, excellent. Yeah, that's predominantly where we are. Brilliant. All right, thank you. And Tom? Yeah, so life sciences companies, um, either, you know, large enterprise size through to kind of high growth biotech, medtech companies, anyone looking for talent consultancy services and recruitment topics within R&D, manufacturing, supply chain, procurement, quality, commercial, you know, they're, they're the kind of um, people that we're we're looking to try and help. Um, and then from a candidate perspective, any kind of senior leaders that are either looking to make a change now or that want to be part of a community where, you know, we can come to you with roles in the future. Brilliant. And if we need to invest in a high growth uh, vaccine producing company, you'll let us know perhaps private message. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Guys, thank you very much. I've really enjoyed our chat. You've shared so many great ideas. So Tom, Jeremy, Barney, thank you for joining me today. Brilliant. Thank you very Thanks much. Very much Thanks friend. a lot. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.